the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. You the moves. You might not be an A, but you are a B Plus. Check it out. Here we go. All right, ladies, gents, and non-binary friends, welcome to another B-plus podcast. I'm your host, Greg Unchained. Today is Friday. You know what that means. It's Aussie Grabs Day. It's our favorite day here on the B-plus podcast. Today, we sit down and take a look at what's happening in the world of Australian professional wrestling. We also like to speak to an Aussie grappler or grappler-adjacent person. This week, I'm speaking with someone who has a bit of a a cult following almost on Twitter amongst uh, Australian wrestling Twitter, at least, uh, Jodie McAllister. She's an author. uh, She's a professor. And she's a new wrestling fan, and we're going to talk to her about uh, her budding MCW fan. And we're going to talk about we're going to fantasy book the MCW Nine tournament, which is uh, the women's championship tournament coming up this weekend. But before we get to that, let's take a very, very brief look at this week in Australian wrestling news. I say we're going to take a really brief look because as I record this, it is two p.m. on Friday. Uh, and normally I have this done on Thursday, but Thursdays have gotten way crazy now with your NXT and AEW and uh, doing flagship show and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think that our schedule is going to change in the coming months and Aussie Grabs Friday may move to a different day just to make it easier because Thursday was the day I used to do all my Aussie Grabs stuff and uh, it's it's getting a lot harder. So I, I haven't really got much news just uh, for the sake of it's 2 p.m. on Friday and in order to get this out today... Uh, I'm going to keep this relatively quick. I do want to shout out a couple of really good promos that I saw drop this week. Uh, Kingsley and Xena, obviously, Lux, they do fantastic promo work, and they've got a video out now uh, prepping them with themselves prepping for MCW9 for their Women's uh, Championship Tournament, and they're taking it very seriously, and there's a montage of them training, and it's amazing. I won't ruin the punchline for you, but please, please, please. Uh, find this video on MCW's Facebook or YouTube. When I tried to watch it on YouTube, it was it was uh, taken down due to some kind of copyright strike. I have no idea what for. Maybe because of the music that's playing during the montage. I don't know, but it was taken down. So uh, I found it on Facebook, though. Definitely worth having a watch. It's hilarious. There was also Pro Wrestling League uh, in Queensland. They dropped like a, a mini documentary almost. It's, it's only like a couple of minutes long, like four minutes long or so. But it's following Todd Eastman as he's uh, you know the new general manager for Pro Wrestling League. And it's following him as he's sort of signing matches and figuring out how to do things. And, and it's, it's really cool the way they do it. Like it's, it is, it's like a mini documentary and, you know, he's, he's driving in his car and he's like, you know, I thought that being a general manager was just, you know, come out and say it's a tag team match player, but there's actually a lot involved. And he goes into it and stuff. And it's, it's, it's really fun. It's really fun. It's, it's a different look at being a general manager and making of matches and that sort of thing. So I definitely recommend checking that out as well. Now, something that has uh, passed across my desk a few times this week is tweets about uh certain promotions not paying wrestlers and 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 things like that nobody seems to want to name and shame and i i talk about this a lot i talk about you know we want the wrestling industry in australia to get better and so name and shame is important like it's it's i can understand why people don't want to do that necessarily especially if their paydays are on the line but here's the thing you're not getting paid and i'm just gonna go out and do it i'm gonna go out and say it uh, I, I had an advertising deal with Pro Wrestling Connect, which is uh, one Adam Graham, the same person who runs Kingdom Pro Wrestling. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's not paying people. He hasn't paid me. I have ads. 
uh, that I ran for multiple months. We had a deal in place that was supposed to go for six months and, and I was getting a certain amount of dollars per month and I've received one month's payment. I ran three months of ads. I stopped uh, after the three months uh, when I realized, look, it looks like I'm not getting any money and I pushed and I pushed and I got one month and I'm, I'm like, I'm still not going to air any more ads until you catch up and then pay in advance. It's it's just not paying, just not paying. You have an agreement with someone, you provide this, I will provide this, and uh, then you don't hold up your end of the agreement. And the same goes with wrestling, right? If you're going to run a, a wrestling promotion, Kingdom Pro Wrestling, I mean, I assume that Scarlett Bordeaux got paid, right? I assume that James Storm got paid when he came down. Uh, and wrestling fans are paying their their money to go see you. They're paying, they're buying the tickets. Why aren't the wrestlers who are performing getting their agreed upon pay? It's not on. It's not acceptable. We can't support these kinds of practices. Uh, so do with that information what you will. If, if you hear that and say, well, Kingdom Pro Wrestling aren't paying the wrestlers, I'm not going to go. And if that means that there's one less place for wrestlers to work in, in the Newcastle Hunter Valley area, look, that's unfortunate and it sucks. And I am a huge champion of having as many places for people to work as possible. That's why I was a, I was a champion for Iron Fist Pro Wrestling and stuff, but then when they didn't pay people, I call it out. I say, no, people should be getting paid. That people, everyone involved with Iron Fist Pro got paid eventually, but they didn't get paid, uh, on the agreed upon schedule, which is, you know, it's a problem. It's a problem. If you can't run the business, you should not be running the business. And it, it sucks if a place has to close, if a place is not able to keep going, that sucks. But at the end of the day, we we want places for people to work where they're getting paid to work. These people are going out, and th- these wrestlers are going out and putting their bodies on the line, their lives on the line to entertain us. And we are paying our ticket for them. And someone else is, is making off with the cash or if they're not making off with the cash, if they're, if they're, you're losing money or breaking even and, and unable to pay because they were planning on paying with profits and then the show didn't make a profit. Well, then they're just not good at what they're doing. And, we we need to stop supporting that. People working for free is not acceptable. People not getting their uh, agreed upon rates is not acceptable. And paying for advertising, getting advertising and then not actually paying for it, it's not acceptable. I'm still hoping, obviously, that uh, that the money will come through eventually. But, you know, after name and shame, it probably won't. And I accept that. I But I, I felt like it was more important to get the information out there so that people know who you should and should not be supporting. Uh, because we don't want dodgy bullshit in Australian wrestling. We want Australian wrestling to grow. We want people who are professional. We want people who are doing the right thing by their staff, by all the people that they interact with and work with, by the fans, by everyone involved. We want everyone to be doing the right thing. And saying, I will pay this, and then not paying it, that's not the right thing, and we shouldn't be supporting that. So do with that what you will, Kingdom Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Connect. There you go. Named and shamed. Uh, let's uh, move on. Let's have a chat in a much more positive light. We've got a huge, huge weekend of wrestling coming up, uh, especially in Melbourne. Melbourne City Wrestling, their ninth anniversary show, MCW 9. It's two nights tonight, Friday night and Saturday night. They've got a women's championship tournament. The show is pretty much 50-50 women, which is amazing. Uh, 50-50 women and men, which is amazing. And we're going to have a chat to Jody McAllister about that, about her budding mcw fandom about her a bit of her academic work and stuff like that as well and then if you stick around after the interview i'll let you know what's happening this weekend near you promotional consideration paid for by the following hey guys just a reminder if you want to hear all of these wonderful b plus podcast episodes completely ad free make sure you head over to patreon or podbean where we are the featured podcast this week you can 
subscribe for as little as a dollar a month up to $10 a month where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us redesign some things and everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie Graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch global, support local, and build indie wrestling. So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com slash the B plus and subscribe today. Hey everyone, just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Outbreak Nutrition. Outbreak Nutrition are creating supplements for survival, sharper minds, quicker reflexes, all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level, whether that be on the field, in the gym, on the gaming field. That's right, they have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods, you can get coffee beans, you can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance-enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game, and to dominate in all areas of life. So check out OutbreakNutrition.com. And for being a listener of our podcast, they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B+. That is B-P-L-U-S at checkout. So make sure if you want to stay on top of your game, if you want to take your performance to the next level, OutbreakNutrition.com. Enter the code B+, at checkout. All right, my guest at this time, joining me by the magic of the internet, as they so often do, as long as my dodgy Australian internet holds up, she is not our usual guest. She's not a grappler or grappler adjacent person necessarily. She is an author, a young adult fiction author, a professor, a newish wrestling fan with hilarious Twitter takes, and a doctor of romance. I think we can say that. Jody McAllister, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well. I am. I'm, I realized because of Daylight Savings, with the way we scheduled our interview, that I'm halfway through AEW on TNT right now. So if I get distracted, I do apologize. Highly unprofessional of me, I know. That is totally fine. If you get distracted, I'll just ask you what AEW is, because I don't really know. So AEW is the new league on TNT. They're calling it the new league, which is an interesting branding choice. But it's a a new wrestling promotion that was started by uh, the elite, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, uh, who you may know from WWE potentially or as Stardust and Chris Jericho and all of those guys are, are all all elite wrestling now awesome. and they've just started up last week yeah oh Chris Jericho is the one that got his belt stolen yeah I know who that is yes he he lost his belt and then he turned it into a meme with the little bit of the bubbly thing and went completely <laughs> viral <laughs> well the virality caught my attention so I at least feel like I have a little bit of acquaintance now yeah, it was the only thing in my internet feed for like a solid week was that little bit of the bubbly <laughs> memes. I even made one myself. Like I got on board. I was so hyped about it. I was like, yes, let's do a Squirtle meme because, you know, <laughs> bubble attack. I don't know if you're a Pokemon fan. Uh, look, I am passingly familiar with Pokemon because I am a person that lives in the world. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Uh, you've you've just gotten back. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show, first of all. You've just gotten back from overseas, yeah, from Manila? Yeah, I was in Manila. I got a little bit of funding with my research team to do some work on romance fiction in the Philippines, which has nothing to do with wrestling at all, but was a lot of fun. And we went to a few, like, a live event there. 
And despite the fact it was about romance novels, some of the things about kind of the way the audience reacted actually kind of reminded me of wrestling a little bit, which was a crossover I did not expect. Yeah. How did it remind you of of wrestling? Like just the the way the crowd reacted to the readings? Yeah, absolutely. They were really vocal in their reactions. And uh, I think really they were vocal about which bits in the, the readings they thought were especially cute or lovely. Uh, but it really did remind me of the kind of emotional reactions that people have at wrestling and how they'll cheer for the people that they love and they'll aggressively boo the people that they hate. I mean, I think <laughs> the last MCW show <laughs> proved that uh, the audience is not averse to booing for 10 solid minutes. So Yeah, 15, yeah. actually. I, I watched it on, on the replay because I'm over here in Adelaide, so I don't get mm. to uh, see it live, but uh, watched the, the replay on, on Vimeo. And yeah, that that last segment, Dowie was trying to talk for like 15 minutes and they just would not let him. Yeah, I think I might have been the only person in the room not booing because as I have been (laughs) extremely unsubtle about, Dowie is my favorite because of his cats. So yeah, I was was the only one on his team. Fair enough. So no, I did want to, I want to get, we want to get to know you as well. So we're not just going to talk about wrestling and obviously you're over there uh, in Manila doing research, but I do want to ask, did you catch any Philippine wrestling? Cause that's a thing. There's uh, wrestling I in the Philippines. did not and did not know that, but I am sure I will go back because this is a long-term research project. So next time I go, I'll make sure I don't schedule quite so many interviews back to back. So I have a, a little minute to go out and see what's happening in Philippine wrestling. Tell me about Philippine wrestling. Yeah, there's, there's a couple, like there's a Manila Wrestling Federation, I believe, uh, but the big one is Philippine Wrestling Revolution. And they're in and around that area as well. And uh, they're, they're doing good things. Like the whole Southeast Asian scene is is getting really hot. Like independent wrestling is huge at the moment, as I'm sure you're aware, having come mm. into the, the world of MCW. But yeah, the, there's uh, there's some really good stuff happening in Philippines wrestling. Uh, TJP, who was just in Australia recently, he did some stuff in Sydney, and he's a former WWE Cruiserweight champion. He's going over to the Philippines, which is his sort of uh, home country. And, uh, and and doing some wrestling there with the Philippine Wrestling Revolution. It's definitely a show worth checking out. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I'm very intrigued now. Yeah, I'll send you some links so that you know, next time you're – because if you're going to be going back and forth, it's definitely definitely worth checking out. What does I'm, – I'm curious. This is – people may tune out for a second here, but – That's fine. What does research in romance literature look like? Oh, well, there, I've taken a couple of different approaches because I've been doing this for a little while. It started during my PhD. So I've done, like my PhD looked at representations of virginity loss. And so I did a lot of work on romance fiction there where virginity loss is a big trope. So a lot of that was just like straightforward literary studies, textual analysis. But I was also looking at how kind of the history of that evolved over time. My technical job like field is literary history. So I'm really interested in how cultural representations shift over time. But I've since become more interested in a couple of different aspects of this. I'm really interested in kind of the publishing of romance fiction because they're at the forefront of like different revolutions in publishing, like uh, the digital revolution. E-publishing was basically driven by romance fiction. So I'm really interested in what some people think is the, <laughs> the more boring side of the field, the publishing side. Uh, right. But what I was doing in the Philippines was uh, they've got a fascinating, almost entirely self-published community where they've established their own little 
rules and norms for what their their English language romance should look like. So I was over there interview with my team interviewing a bunch of different authors and asking them about everything to do with their romance writing lives, how their community works, what they like to see in romance fiction, what Filipino romance fiction looks like compared to uh, like romance fiction from the West. Uh, oh, I've done so much work on so many different aspects of romance because what I'm really interested in as well is not just in romance fiction, representations of love more broadly. So I've right. done some work on soap opera. I do a lot of work on uh, the Bachelor franchise. Anyone who follows yes. me on Twitter will have realized this. I wanted to talk to you about this, yes. Yes, Oh, I can. you might not want to open that can of worms because <laughs> I can talk about the Bachelor franchise for an extremely long time. Well, I wanted to ask in, in relation to, so obviously, I mean, The Bachelor, reality TV, love TV stuff. We have a, an Australian wrestler who's taking part in a one of those shows at the moment. Not The Bachelor or Bachelorette, oh, uh, but love a show Island. called Love Island. Yes, yeah. Love Island. Have you, have you checked that one out at all? Uh, I watch it very, very casually. I feel like I can't get involved in another show like I did in The Bachelor <laughs> because then I won't have a life left. Uh, and Fair even enough. though I essentially have two full-time careers uh, between like my author life and my academic life, I just sometimes I just need a minute, you know? I can't commit to another show. Yeah, of course. Of course. Have you considered, because I mean, something you, you mentioned there in your research and stuff that stuck out to me was you're a, a literary historian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like de how depictions change over time. Now, I know also in your Twitter bio, you do describe yourself as a feminist. Have you thought of looking at the... I mean, because wrestling, you can look at wrestling as literature, right? Have you thought of looking oh, at, yeah. at it as the, the, the changing depiction of women throughout wrestling? Because the whole women's evolution things happened very recently. And I, I think that'd yeah. be a pretty interesting academic field to look at. Yeah, look, I would have to do a bunch more work because I'm not conversant enough in the history of wrestling to feel like I can talk about it with authority. But I've yeah. done a little bit of poking around and there is actually an academic journal for professional wrestling studies that I've been sort of spying on every now You're and again. Kidding. Oh yeah, yeah, it's real. I can send you the link if you want. Yes, and, please. Yeah, and one thing I'm really interested in at the moment because of the way my research focuses on romance is uh, the relationship between Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins and how that right. plays out and the way they sort of like it's the pretty much the only thing I follow in WWE. I follow the women and don't care about the men basically is my approach to right. WWE, which I follow extremely vaguely. Yeah. At the moment the in WWE, the women are kind of actually the best thing happening in the WWE at the moment. That's what so. I sort of gathered, but considering I just don't care about the men at all, I feel like I can't make that claim personally. But the way there that is there is an exception with the women at the moment is the way they're, they're doing the Lana Rusev, Bobby Lashley thing. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah. My friend Kevin Chiat sent me some stuff about that, mm. and it looks uh, troubling, shall we say. Yeah, you've, you've basically got Bobby Lashley in the Mandingo role, and it's it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just – it's it's not even good TV. Like, I'm I'm a fan of, of some trashy TV, right? Mm. But this isn't even good trashy TV, if, if you get what I'm saying. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty awful. Yeah, oh, and because they're IRL married, yeah, uh, Rusev and Lana. Uh, Rusev and Lana, yeah, 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 they're they're married in real life. So it's 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 just and as well, like when you when you go into like the backstage politics or whatever, or what we think we know, because you never really know with wrestling. Mm. Um, but what the dirt sheets and stuff report is that Rusev was thinking of leaving. He was going to sit out his contract or whatever, and he wasn't very happy there. 
but they convinced him to stay and he signed a new contract and now they're just embarrassing him on national television. Oh, so That's so horrible. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I can tell about WWE and a reason that I like will not permit myself to get more invested is that they're politically just horrendous. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. I, I stopped giving them money after the Saudi Arabia uh, situation. Uh, th- there's there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> to look at there. But let's let's look at some more positive things. So, how did you become a wrestling fan? Obviously, you know, romance literature. You've got a PhD, all that stuff. Mm. That's very far away from the world of wrestling, in theory. Yeah. Well, look, it actually my I didn't really get into wrestling until late last year when I went to my first MCW show, but my relationship with it goes back a little bit earlier. So during my PhD, I was also writing my first novel, Smart Plan, uh, Terrible Mm. Plan. Uh, Do two at once. Yeah, (laughs) extremely bad plan. It worked out for me in the long term, but in the short term, I was just working so much and so constantly. I'm just imagining at some point there was a Britney Spears style breakdown. Oh, there had to be, at least I mean, once. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky in that I had basically nothing else going on in my life at that point. I'm I'm quite an uh, obsessive personality, so I was really tunnel-visioned. If I'd had anything else going on, like, I mean, if I, I don't know, had had a partner or children or anything like that at the time, just I couldn't have coped with that division of my emotional attention. But yeah. I was basically just like head down working i am a little bit of a workaholic if that isn't clear but uh (laughs) near christmas my sister and i were at my parents place uh we were both poor students so we were drinking their nice wine taking advantage of that opportunity and we were channel surfing and we found this like one hour cut of wwe and because we were very drunk it was extremely humorous to us and (laughs) We worked out that it was on like once a week at about, I think it was like 11 p.m. on a Thursday or something like that on Channel 9. Right. And that used to be the one hour I took out of my week, apart from the half an hour I would take religiously every weekday between 4.30 and 5 to watch Love of My Life, The Bold and the Beautiful. Um, (laughs) uh, Just 11 on Thursday, we would sit down and we would watch this ridiculous wrestling. We had no context for it and because it was such a short cut. Yeah, they were jumping around all over the place because they just randomly picked the bits which were the best bits and there was very little continuity in terms of story, but it was just yeah. like bonkers and wild. And I was also so, – yeah, sorry, you ask. Uh, so so your, your big break from uh, you know, writing your fictions and also uh, doing your research for your PhD, your big break was basically an hour and a half – well, half an hour a day and then uh, an hour a week of just soap operas. Just yeah. ridiculous, over-the-top, cheesy storylines. And the wrestling was particularly relieving for me because at the time, like, PhD scholarships are not very much. So I was doing a lot of freelance writing to supplement my income. And one of the things yeah. I was doing was recapping The Bold and the Beautiful. So even when I was watching it, I was writing about it. Wrestling, still working. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling was the one thing I didn't have to write about. I didn't have to think about. It was the one time I got to turn my brain off. And I was also working as a theatre critic at the time, and there were sort of two things that happened to me. Uh, one, they sent me to review uh, a WWE house show, and nice. I took my – it's probably still on the internet somewhere, that review. No clue what was going on. Um, <laughs> the one thing I – You don't need to for house shows. House shows are just a bit of fun. Yeah. You know? 
I think I took yeah. my sister with me because uh, we, you know, we used to watch WWE together at 11 p.m. on Thursdays. And in the main event, it was John Cena, who I knew who that was. And yeah. a guy whose name I had to look up recently because I couldn't remember, but it was uh, R-Truth. And right. he was, I think, a heel at the time. And so he had shut up written across the back of his pants, whereas I think normally it says what's up, yeah? Yes. And yeah. my sister was so taken by that that she bought a pair of boots and bedazzled shut up on the side and just <laughs> wore them around and it was extremely cool. Uh, but the other That's thing that, that happened to me is that I was reviewing this other show uh, called School Dance, uh, which was set in the 80s and it was a lovely like teen show. And they had this one character who was like the jock because the main character was like a nerd. And he never spoke. Right. He just appeared in the nerds like frightened nightmares and he would just come on stage and be lit in like blue and be extremely muscled and look ominous. And so they used to rotate depending on when they were touring different actors through the part. And when they were in Sydney, the guy they had in the part was a wrestler. And I didn't know this, but it was an opening night. And afterwards I was chatting to him in the foyer and I was like, oh, what else do you do? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a wrestler. And I was like, oh, that's not just WWE. That's a whole thing. And he was like, yeah, man. Yeah. And then he probably started backing away slowly because I asked him so many questions. I was so fascinated. He was like, who is this strange and terrifying woman that won't stop asking me questions? Uh, but that yeah. opened my eyes to the fact that independent wrestling existed. But it wasn't something I ever got an opportunity to really see till I moved to Melbourne, which I did in 2018. And my friend Katie was like, you know, there's wrestling on at Thornbury. And I was like, no, I didn't. Can we go? And she was like, yep. And now here we are. We both got totally hooked. We always go together. Amazing. And so how was your first MCW? Which, which was the first show that you attended? Do you remember? It was MCW Endgame. And right. then I went to the, the girl show, which was, I think, the week after. So I did two in the space of about a week. And yeah. they hooked me, particularly the the girl show. Like, I yeah, like I was going to ask you about the girl shows and whether you've yeah. been to those. Yeah, like I li I like watching the men. I really enjoy the storyline. But man, like I'm a huge advocate for women's sport, and I love watching the women. So I'm absolutely delighted that at MCW nine, it looks like there's gender parity. It looks like it's going to be at least fifty percent women. And oh, I can't even tell you how stoked that makes me. Yeah, night one announced there's eight matches. And uh, and four of them are the women's matches for the Invitational for the Women's Championship, which is amazing. I am so psyched, so psyched. Yeah, who who are your who are your favorite wrestlers that you so from going to the MCW shows? Who 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 has stuck out to you the most? Do you think? So in the women, I mean, this this is such a like basic bitch answer, but it's Kellyanne Avery and Indy Hartwell, particularly right. Indy Hartwell. Uh, I know she's gone on to WWE, but she was my favorite, so I'm really yeah. sad that she's gone. Um, I'm a big fan of Indy Hartwell. Yeah. I rock my support indie wrestling shirt a lot. Oh, I love her. And it always made me really sad that the crowds booed her so much. And they, like, I know she was a heel, <laughs> but I was like, no, can't you see how she, great she is? She gave it back to him, though. Like, she invited it. She welcomed it. Yeah, but, oh, I... I just, I loved her. And there was one moment in particular which broke my heart where I think it was one of her last shows where she took the mic and was like, look, I just want to be serious for a minute. Um, you know, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm moving Melbourne. And someone yelled out, oh, you think you're all that, do you? And I was like, shut up. Shut up. She is all that. She is incredible. Don't you dare sass Indy Hartwell. So I'm really sad yes. that she's gone. I love how invested you are. I love how. Yeah. Oh, I'm super. I'm a very, uh, 
emotional viewer. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people, a lot of people do, because th- that's why she got such a respectful, like, farewell at the end of the last show, like, at, at her last show that she was at, right? Yeah. Because she did build a big fan base. Yeah. Oh, she's just so great. And I would have loved her to be the first women's champion, and I'm kind of a little bit sad that that won't happen. But I think there are lots of good alternatives, obviously. Uh, in the yeah, men, definitely. In the men, I've got a very clear favourite, and it's Dowie James because of his cats. Not just because of, of his cats. cats. I think he's a really good storyteller, and I'm really uh, like I love this this like plotline where he's turned heel. Not just because I totally predicted it and I felt really smart, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think he's a like a really good storyteller. And I mean, I can't tell what's good wrestling and not good not good wrestling technically. Like, I mean, maybe if someone very obviously screwed up, I might be able to tell. But you know how the the usual kind of thing that you hear about wrestling is you're like oh i like wrestling and people are like oh don't you know it's fake i'm like yeah. the opposite where every time they do something i'm convinced that this time they really hurt themselves this time yeah they really died uh so that's the best the head drops do that for me whenever <laughs> anyone lands on their head i i just i don't know how you learn to land on your head and i have trained mm. in like the basic course of pro wrestling like the very basics and i'm just like no landing on your head terrifies the hell out of me yeah so, like, I, I think the match between uh, Richie Taylor and DCT at the last show was the first, is, is it mm. called Hardcore Wrestling? Yeah. That was yeah. the first one I'd seen, and I, I couldn't cope with it. I was watching that one through my fingers, because I was like, nope, you, you can't learn to get glassed. I'm from Wollongong. No. I would have known if you could get learn, if you could learn to get glassed, <laughs> considering that's, like, Wollongong's, like, distinctive feature. That's a thing. Yeah. It's not something that you can teach or learn. Yeah. Ten years ago, I did an RSA, and they told us that nine of the ten most dangerous pubs in New South Wales were in Wollongong. And so I did not take up that career as a bartender. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I can't, choice. I can't tell what's technically good wrestling or not, but I can tell what's good storytelling. And that's why I love those three women and I really like watching Dowie James because I think that I can always tell what the story is. I can always tell what's happening. And uh, Loverboy Lockie Hendricks for the same reason. I think he's a really good storyteller, even though he's such a, like, shitful villain. Um, Like, the first match where I really realised the potential for wrestling storytelling was the Iron Man match that he and Dowie James fought. And that had such a clear narrative and I was I was hooked. Yeah, and you got two of the best storytellers in the company coming together. Yeah. And it was it was an incredible match. Uh, Loverboy is fascinating to me as well because he's always in character. Mm, yeah, just all, like I I had it I had it I did an interview with him and it was one of the few that I actually did in person because he was here in Adelaide for Adelaide Championship Wrestling. Mm. And uh, and and I go backstage into the and there he is. He's like, oh, you're the B plus, are you? Why the <laughs> hell would you want to be B plus? Wouldn't you want to be A plus? And he just <laughs> just straight away. And I was like, oh man. I I have to interview you, and I thought we were going to talk like, like we're talking, and uh, it was it was an experience. Oh, let's put it that way. That would be wild. It would be exhausting. I think. I mean, for both people involved, I can't imagine trying to be in character that long. Like, I mean, it even was, just- it was a lot of fun. He he just sat there looking at me and chewing his gum, and <laughs> like I couldn't see his eyes. He had the glasses on. <laughs> And I was terrified. I'm backstage at a wrestling show. There's a bunch of muscly men walking around, and he's just—I can feel him staring holes through me through the sunglasses. It was—it was terrifying. 
<laughs> oh, well, I'm sure him just sitting there and chewing gum would have made great audio. <laughs> it did, actually. I, I did get bits of the, the chewing gum because the microphone I use is like one of those ASMR mics, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> at one point he did get a little bit too close and you can hear the chewing of the gum. It's great. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about MCW9, though. So, obviously, yeah. are you going to both nights? I sure am. I'm very excited. And I'm taking different friends both nights. So, I'm going with my friend Katie, who I always go with on night one. But then she's doing a panel at PAX on the Saturday. So, I'm bringing right. new people. And I'm bringing a really good friend of mine who's never been to wrestling, but who's a playwright. And so, it's going to be really interesting to see how many people I can convert because, right. Yeah. Make some new fans. Yeah. Look, by the time I'm I'm done, I will have brought half of the publishing industry and all of academia along the <laughs> for you. So if you start seeing a lot of like feminist academics running around, you'll know whose fault that is. That was me. We can we can we can blame you. That's fine. No, that's great. I've uh, new fans and and especially people in in new fields and and different areas because I mean you know what I and uh, we're going to talk about this shortly as well. I would love to see more books in the pub being published about wrestling. I oh. would love to see that. Look, right? I do have like a little spark of an idea cuz I write YA. I think I could do a very sweet little wrestling book, but I would have to like talk to some people and do a lot more research before like I before I felt like I was in a place where I could write that. But uh I yeah. think it's a really rich ground. And also I've just been cuz what I do as a romance academic, whenever I get interested in something, I go and see if there's romance fiction of it. Like, you know, rule 34 of the internet is that uh, if you can think of something, there's porn of it. The same yes. kind of holds true with romance novels. So right. I had to, I found one immediately by uh, Diana Hart of the Hart family, who I understand yes. are big deal wrestlers. And I read it and it is not good. It is very. Yeah, I saw your Twitter thread. Disturbing. <laughs> But I've since delved deep into the wilds of Kindle Unlimited and I've uncovered, I think I've found about 10 now. One of them Amazing. was in Rhyme and that was an experience. Uh, <laughs> also calling it a book was maybe a little bit generous. I think it was maybe 5,000 words long. Uh, okay. But I found another. So it's kind of like an extended poem. Yeah. And also yeah. it was bad and they kept, oh, I shouldn't call out other authors. That's bad authorial practice. But they kept referring to the male wrestler throughout as the big dog. And I'm like, that's that's Roman Reigns, isn't it? Like, he's the big that's dog. That's Roman Reigns, yes. And I was like, I've seen this <laughs> he's the big dog. somewhere yeah. before. That's another person why I'm mystified why crowds hate Roman Reigns. Like, why do they hate Roman Reigns? Is there an answer to that? Oh, uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's more to do with the behind-the-scenes stuff. Is He's Vince's chosen boy. Mm. And uh, and for a long period of time, Vince just kept putting him on top and on top and on top, and the crowd just weren't reacting to it at first. And then it sort of became a, uh, we're reacting to this out of spite. Yeah. Um, because we just don't want the guy that Vince wants. Because we like we wanted Daniel Bryan. He wanted Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns got the spot. So we, we boo Roman Reigns. That was kind of how it went down. Yeah. Because, I mean, I haven't seen a lot because, like I said, don't really care about the men of WWE. But what yeah. I have seen, it's really interesting listening to the different pitches of the, uh, the cheers slash the boos. And it's the women mm. and the children cheering. And I totally understand why the women are cheering because he is very handsome. <laughs> yeah. And for the children, he's the superhero. He, yeah. he, you know, always gets back up and, and hits that, you know, and kids can get into that. So, but it, it, it is, it's very much a, um, 
the the grown men who go don't want to be told who their favorite guy is they want to pick their favorite guy yeah right they want to pick who they think is the best wrestler and i think we're gonna we're gonna have some problems at the moment with the seth rollins and the fiend stuff and they did that whole horror movie style finish at hell in a cell and the crowd were turning on seth rollins because the crowd are all enjoying the fiend Mm. but then seth rollins got to keep the championship and everyone was like that's bullcrap so i think we're going to see people potentially turn on seth rollins as well in a similar way because he's not their guy. But we're getting way off in the weeds. I want to come back to MCW9. Sure. I want to come back to MCW9. Uh, the the Women's Championship. Yes. I, I'm not going to just ask you who, who your pick to win is. I, I want us to go through. I've got the f- the first round matchups in front of me. I've got the brackets in front of me. Yes. And we're going to predict every step of the way. Do you think you can do it? Uh, I do. I do. Um, All right. I, if I'm right Let's- about this, I just want to put it out there. I'm going to be so smug and you will <laughs> never hear the end of it. Because I totally predicted Brooksy would win the ballroom brawl, and I totally predicted Dowie would run out during that match. So if I get three in a row right, oh, oh, I will never shut up ever. Yeah, well, but picking an entire tournament—that's difficult. If you can pick the entire tournament, man, like I, I don't know, I I have nothing to offer, but there has to be <laughs> some kind of prize. Yeah, because that it's it's pretty impressive if you can pick the whole thing. So let's say so. First round, we've got Candy Lee versus Zena. Yeah. So I don't know either of these wrestlers terribly well, but I've seen them each wrestle once, I think. So Xena is part of Lux, that's right? Yes, and they drink, Lux, they drink uh, tea. with the tea. Yeah. Yes. And I saw Candy Lee wrestle at one of the girl shows. I think she wrestled Avery. And yep. I am going to say that Candy Lee is going to win this one, but there's no intellectual reasoning behind this. It's just because I really like her. Like, I loved her yeah. in that match. And also, yeah. maybe there is a little bit of narrative reasoning. Uh, because Lux are a duo, I think it's harder for them to go further in the tournament because they're so tied to each other. I feel like that maybe necessarily wouldn't make great narrative sense. Yeah, well, each of them are going to be focused on their own individual match, so whether they're going to be able to be there for each other in the capacity they normally would, and that could be their downfall. Yeah, and also, yeah, that makes sense to me. If on night two, I am kind of suspecting that they'll put the four first round losers in a match together, because uh, mm. I did hear somewhere, can't remember where, that there'll also be four women's matches on night two. So if you've got two semis and a final, then it makes sense that you've got some like, you know, the first. Four, like the first four losers go in a match together. And I think if you yeah. have both of the Lux girls in that match, then uh, you'll be able to do more compelling storytelling with them both there together. Yeah, absolutely. And whether it's a four-way or even you could end up making it a tag team match because they are mm. a tag team, so that, that works too. All right, so then we've got Avery and Steph Delander. Ooh, this is the hardest one, I think, because they're, like the way I see it, Now that Indy Hartwell has gone, there are three serious contenders for this belt who are kind of MCW regulars, and Avery and Steph Delander are two of them. So it is really, really hard to pick this one. And I think, like, and perhaps right at the end I will reveal my grand overall prediction because I've thought about this a lot, but I think Steph Delander is going to win this match. And it's mostly because they filmed that little promo with her and Kellyanne. And I'm like, oh, why would you tease that rivalry if that wasn't going to be realized at some point in a match? A little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. And Steph Delander is such a good villain that I think keeping her in the tournament for a while makes a lot of sense. 
that said, Avery is such a superstar, so it's really hard to pick against her, but I've got some theories, which I will reveal in the fullness of time. Yeah, see, well, this is one of those things too, right? If you're picking Candy Lee to go over, then you kind of want her to be going up against Steph Delander, not Avery, because mm. Avery versus Candy Lee, who are the crowd going to cheer yeah. for? You can't really just, like, they're going to cheer for Avery, but you can't just make Candy Lee the heel. She's adorable. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm following your, your thinking yeah. here, and I'm, I'm loving it. And also, uh, Avery Kellyanne... and Candy Lee fought at the girl show, if I'm right. So we've, yes, like, kind of is. seen yeah. that one before, whereas we haven't seen Steph Delander versus Candy Lee. Yeah, absolutely. So then we've got Kellyanne and Kingsley. I think we both know who's going over. Clearly, here. Kellyanne, like because that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the the, uh, the third obvious contender. I think it's got to be Avery Steftelander or Kellyanne. It's got to be one of those three. I'd be extremely surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, not to not to poo poo Kingsley at all because Kingsley is one of my favorites. Mm. I absolutely love her gimmick and her promo videos are on point. Yep. So big fan of Kingsley, but I think it's very clear Kellyanne's going to win there. Yeah. Uh, Tali. And Jessica Troy. Uh, so, I again, I only know these two wrestlers very tangentially. And the thing I remember Tali best from was, uh, like, beating Kellyanne at that girl match that then turned into the brawl instantly because it was building up to that big, like, Kellyanne-Avery-Indy Hartwell triple threat. And it was yeah. that one where Avery jumped off the balcony and I <laughs> thought she was dead. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Um, but I am going to go with Jessica Troy in this match. This is the one I'm least certain about, I think, and it's purely because I've seen more of Jessica Troy and also yeah. she and Kellyanne uh, teamed up a little bit recently, so I think you, you'd have a more compelling narrative in the semifinals because they were teammates and now they're wrestling each other, so you've got more opportunity for uh, like stronger storytelling, I think. See, the fact that you think like a storyteller means that you think like a good pro wrestling booker, because I'm loving the way you're booking this tournament <laughs> right here. And as well, the the little bit that, that you wouldn't know, Jessica Troy, I mean, for my money, she's she's my favorite wrestler in Australia at the mm. moment, Ma male or female, uh, across the entire country, because I keep across all the, all the promotions. Yeah. Uh, she's the PWWA champion in Sydney at the moment, which mm. was a women's championship that they've recently opened up and it's just a open, all their titles now are open gender, open weight sort of situation, yeah, right? Yeah, that's super. Um, and so she's the champion up there. Yeah, and uh, and she's had, a, her and Kellyanne had a match which was currently, it's currently sitting at number two on my match of the year list for this year. Oh, wow. They had a match at Wrestling Go, um, which was a fantastic match. And because of that match, uh, that match has been booked elsewhere in the country. They had a rematch at Wrestling Go a couple months later, and then they had uh, they, they were both booked to go to Queensland for, I want to say it was AWA, booked mm. the same match, Kellyanne versus Jessica Troy. They just have magic when they get in the ring together. Yeah. They put on good... Like, I know you said you, you don't know necessarily what the technical wrestling is, but when these two go in there, they put on really good technical wrestling match. Mm. Um, and so having that on the MCW stage, very attractive. Yeah. So, so that would become the semi-final. Yeah. yeah. And the, the one reason why I don't think Jessica Troy is a contender to win the tournament is purely because she's like, she's not an MCW regular. And I think for the first, the first title belt, at least you can't kind of give it to a fly in. It's got to be someone that's there and around like all the time. Yeah. Every show. Yeah. yeah. Preferably on the girl shows, the wrestle shows, all those shows. Yeah. Like you want them to be someone who's there. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Steph Delander though is a fly-in. She's is she? from. Oh, I didn't pick that at all. She's from Sydney. Yeah, she's she's a Sydney girl. Well, I think because she's um, just been so regularly on the last few shows, I just assumed she was here to stay. 
Yeah, unless she moved, um, which <laughs> I, I, but the last time I checked, she's, she's still a Sydney girl. So, um, cause she does PWA as well. But yeah. Uh, so then, okay. So the way you've got it, we've got Candy Lee versus Steph Delander in the semifinal. Mm hmm. And I think, much as I love Candy Lee, I think it's got to be Steph Delander that wins that one. I think you've got to send a heel through to the final. Yeah. Yep, makes sense. And then Kellyanne and Jessica Troy, and you've got Kellyanne yeah. going to the final. So I think we've got to see and... Kellyanne versus Steph Delander in the semifinal. But then this is what I think. This is where I think the twist comes in. If you've got those four women who lost in the first round fighting in some kind of match, whether that's a tag team match or just like the four of them all fighting each other, whatever, there's got to be some kind of stakes to that. There's got to be some kind of prize. And so my feeling is that maybe this match is the second last – this is what I would do anyway if I was like just thinking thinking about this like a writer and also someone that has a lot of background in narrative theory. Like my other expertise is genre, which is why I'm really interested in wrestling as a genre and how that works. But what I would do is have that match with the final four women be the second last match of the night, have the winner of that match go into the final as well so the final has three women in it but the one who's come out of the four-way match is at a disadvantage which is fair because they lost in the first round so they've come straight out of this like four-way match and they have to go right into the final i think that will be avery and so i think in the final we will see avery steph delander and kellyanne i'm torn as to what i think the final result will be but this is what i would do have Avery do a bunch of the work to take out Steph Delander and Kellyanne be the one to capitalize, setting up a rivalry between Kellyanne and Avery, which could then become like the primary rivalry for the women's championship. Right. So Kellyanne, the wily veteran, takes advantage of all the hard work that underdog Avery, having just come out of another match and not even uh, being, you know, prepared to be in this extra match and and she she does all the work and then and kellyanne the wily veterans uh sort of snakes the win away from her yeah absolutely and like it's feel good in a way because i think like kellyanne is like foundational to the women's division in mcw yes, yeah a hundred percent so i yeah. think her winning the uh the belt there's something we talk about in genre studies all the time which is that genre relies on an idea of emotional justice like in a yep. romance novel, the two people get together at the end, but it's not, it doesn't feel good unless that ending's been earned. You've got to have emotional justice. In a crime novel, you've got to feel like uh, the detective has done the work to solve the mystery. So that ending, like you get that sense of emotional justice. I think Kellyanne winning that women's championship would give us emotional justice, but it would also set up further opportunities because uh, Avery would feel like that win was very unjust. And so then you've got momentum to move narrative forward because like soap opera, wrestling evades closure. So if you are going to go for an ending with emotional justice, you also have to put in place a strategy to think about where the story is going to go next because it's not like a romance novel or a crime novel where the couple get together or the mystery is solved and then the book is over. You then have to think about uh, what happens at the next show and so you need that momentum to move the narrative forward. And so, yeah, if I was putting the plot together, that's what I would do because you would get both that feel-good, oh, Kellyanne won the belt moment, but also Avery would be furious and you would have a place for the narrative to go next. Yeah, that's a, and it's a big twist too, adding in that second chance fatal four-way yeah. match. And maybe uh, like, and, and, they don't even know. And that match know. would have such stakes. Yeah. That match would have such stakes because, because as well, like internally in that match, the way you've booked it, you've got 
Xena uh, and Kingsley there. So they have mm. an instant advantage. Yeah. And you could That's also amazing. I love it. You could also turn them against each other at some point because even though they're a team, they would each want to be the one that went into, you know, that won the match. So you could have like periods in that match where it is Xena versus Kingsley. And how do they cope with that emotionally? Like, what does that look like? But, uh, and that could allow like someone like Avery, who is like, is so smart in terms of like the, her wrestling persona, like Avery's a clever wrestler, uh, that would allow her to capitalize. And even if you, like, maybe the women don't even know that this is what the prize for winning this match is. Maybe it's all a, a big surprise. And then right at the end, the announcer's like, ha guess what, Avery? You're in the final. And it's, <laughs> and it's now. Off you go. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm a I'm a big fan of your fantasy book. Can someone get you a job? You you would write way better WWE <laughs> than WWE. Uh, I, I feel like like you've thought about this. You've really thought about this. Uh, well, I mean, this is my I have a lot of expertise in understanding <laughs> how story works. It is literally both of my jobs. Like as a writer, yes. I have to understand how narrative fits together, or my books would be very bad. And I like to think that they're not very bad. I like to think they're okay. <laughs> but also I, I study narrative and I re- like I have spent so many years thinking about how stories fit together. And uh, I mean, this is a lot of the analysis I do of The Bachelor is I can pick who's going to win it very early because of the way the narrative is constructed. Uh, the way they're editing the show to, yeah. to tell the story. I yeah. have an, an excellent track record in picking winners. So, uh, it, and that's one of the reasons why I like to ask so many questions at the end of each MCW show, because I'm trying to build up. There's this idea that we talk about in scholarship sometimes comes from Australian scholars, Lisa Fletcher, Beth Driscoll and Kim Wilkins, called genre competence. The idea that you uh, like you understand what the codes of a certain genre are. You become fluent in it. So, like, I can yep. look at the cover of a romance novel and I can probably tell you just from looking at the cover what kind of story we're going to be in because I'm very, very fluent in that genre. But when I first yep. started going along to MCW shows, I was just not conversant with wrestling at all. I had no genre competence. So I like to think that over the past year or so I've been building up that level of competence. And by asking so many questions, I've been able to work a few things out, leading to my now outstanding track record of totally being able to predict <laughs> what happens. I say outstanding track record, it's two shows. But still, yes. I was very proud of myself. I felt like I... It's a role to be on. It's yeah. a good role. You're on a roll. And yeah. even if it doesn't play out exactly the way that I think it will, I would like to think that my version is also pretty good. I enjoyed your version of, of how MCW9 should go uh, this weekend. Now, but before we go, I want to I want to bring us back to the wrestling romance novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, so people need to find. We'll, we'll give you the we'll give the people your Twitter at the end of this yeah. uh, because your Twitter is amazing. Like after MCW, <laughs> show, you always have hilarious takes. I can't remember what it was you said about the Phillip brothers, but it was something about their jackets. I love uh, their and- <laughs> jackets. They're regal cape vests. Oh, how, how good are the vests? I yeah. love them. Um, but- I'm I'm a big fan of your takes and and <laughs> your your tweets throughout the MCW shows are hilarious and obviously the questions they've served a, a greater purpose because now here we are sitting here talking about fantasy booking wrestling and that's some of the best damn fantasy booking I've ever heard. Oh, but, thank uh, you! To, I feel so honored. Back to <laughs> back to the wrestling. Well, we love a good fantasy book here. Uh, in, in as wrestling fans, every wrestling fan thinks they know how to book the the territory better than anyone else. Like that's just yeah. 
this is how it works and and i thoroughly enjoyed listening to that but yeah uh the, these these wrestling romance novels mm-hmm. uh, you've been hunting for a good one and yeah. you've yet to necessarily find one so you've said that you think you might have an idea don't give away your idea that yeah. you want to do but l- let's go with a completely other because i do recall a tweet where you said that you could think of about 10 basic plots um off the top of your head that would be better so can we just get one just one not the one that you're going to go with but yeah well look i think there's uh like such good potential with different wrestling personas like with the kind of on stage off stage is it called kayfabe is that a word am i saying that right yep kayfabe i think there's such incredible narrative potential in that so one very popular trope in romance fiction is the fake dating trope um so anyone that's seen to all the boys i've loved before that's a classic example of the fake dating trope and I think you could do a really good wrestling romance with a fake dating trope where two people are like in ring romantically involved and maybe they don't care for each other off stage or maybe they're friends. You could bring in, there are other tropes, enemies to lovers and friends to lovers are both romance tropes as well. And so you could just smash a whole different bunch of those tropes together and tell, like that's two ideas right there. You've got fake dating enemies to lovers, fake dating friends to lovers. Basically what you could do, this is how I teach my uh, creative writing students about tropes, is I tell them to go on AO3, Archive of Our Own, and don't don't look for a fandom necessarily, but look at how you can sort by trope, uh, which like Archive of Our Own just won a Hugo for their tagging system. It's it's phenomenal. And I think you could take pretty much any trope off that list and apply it to wrestling in a really interesting and like fun way and in there was some weird stuff going on in the publishing industry in 2011 through 2013 where they were taking a lot of uh like fanfic and self-published uh romance novel of romances off the internet and they were traditionally publishing them and that led to a wave because of jamie Maguire's beautiful disaster very bad book by the way of mma (laughs) romances and now there are thousands and thousands of mma romances but I've managed to find maybe 10 pro wrestling romances. And it's wild to me that this is not a space that has been more exploited because there are so many narrative possibilities. Yeah. What I want to do yeah. actually. Maybe it's because yeah. wrestling has its own language though as well that I guess you like, you'd need to learn to, to write about wrestling or yeah. if you're, yeah. This is one so of the reasons it's, it's, why, it's kind of a whole thing. Yeah. Why I don't feel qualified to write about it myself currently. Cause I, I don't know the language well enough. Like, I know what face is, I know what heel is, I now know what kayfabe is, that's pretty fun. But uh, I only just learned what, like, the way the word over is used in wrestling. Like, I've never come across that before. So, but what I would eventually like to do, I have this, like, little idea in my mind for a book that's like a soap opera, and I think I could get, like, a little pro wrestler character in there because wrestling and soap opera are so generically similar that that could marry up really well. Yeah, absolutely. So the other question I I have with with relation to uh this fictional like this imaginary uh book we're writing here of of a wrestling romance novel. Mm-hmm. If you're going to base one of the main protagonists off someone in the world of MCW, it can't be one of your favorites. So it can't be Dowie, yeah. uh, and it can't be the the three main girls that yeah. that, that you've you've mentioned there, Indy, Avery, and and Kellyanne. Who who are you going to base the the main protagonist off? Oh, oh look, I think whatever answer I say is going to come across really creepy. Um, 
Yeah. That's, that's, I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get you heat. Is that a word you've you've come across? Uh, oh, that's when people react to you. Yeah, but badly. Is it negative? Yeah. So heat is a is like uh, boo, like <laughs> yeah. and 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 a pop is when people cheer. But like uh, as well uh, with the backstage vernacular, if you get heat with someone, like someone doesn't like you because of something you've done or said, mm. or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what I would do is I would if I was going to like. Maybe I wouldn't write it personally, but a romance novel I would like to see. I'd like to see an MM romance. I'd like to see a queer one. Get get the Brat Pack in there. There, there's there's a romance for you. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's an entire world. I don't know if you've you've found this yet. There's an entire world of like slash fiction uh, with wrestling online, like with re- specifically with wrestling. And there's so many of. Do you remember the Shield? Oh yeah, that's one of the few things I do remember from watching WWE late at night. And the reason I remember them is because their ideology is extremely similar to the ideology of Sailor Moon. So. <laughs> <laughs> my sister and I used to refer to them as the Sailor Scouts, and then we didn't right. remember their actual name for a really long time. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, slash fiction of the Sailor Scouts online. I am that you can find. entirely unsurprised, actually. When I <laughs> got interested in kind of the like the Seth Becky romance, I went on to AO3 and I was like, okay, what pairings are really popular? And they're like number nine, and the eight before them are all MM. They're all dudes. Yeah, yeah, which is something that uh, you know uh, we'd go off on a completely different discussion if we were to go into it. But like uh, queer representation in wrestling and stuff is something that's been lacking a lot. Yeah. It's, it's getting a lot better now, and it's it's coming along. And I think Australia is is quite good at it as well. We've got quite a few uh, queer wrestlers mm. that that are doing amazing things. So it's, that's a whole other area yeah. to go into. Actually, but- my favorite match that I've ever seen at MCW, and it was in one of the first shows I saw, was that farewell match for Jonah Rock and Elliot Sexton. Where they it was yes. that, the the three way tag team match. So there was them. Yes. There was the Brat Pack, and then there was uh, the Loose and the Reckless. Which, by the way, if they ever want me to write a soap opera called The Loose and the Reckless, I will do that. I think that is a <laughs> great soap opera name. But they all kissed. Yes, they did. All the everyone started kissing. Let's have okay. So he, here's how we get the Loose and Reckless into MCW mm-hmm. canon. Yes. Right as as a soap opera. Uh, Dowie gets a storyline concussion, oh, and it plays out amnesia. in his head. You could do an amnesia. It plays out in his head. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Oh, they and they should write- bring you on to consult. I would gladly like consult. I would write them a little soap opera. I would love that so so much. That would delight. There you go, Mikey J. Yeah, you- book it, Mikey J. You ever want uh, someone so- to write your little soap opera skits? I am there for you. I know I have full time, two full time jobs, but. I will make time. <laughs> You'll find time somewhere. You know what came across my desk earlier this week? There's a wrestling musical in Sydney really? uh, in 2020. Yes, it's it's called Dubbo Championship Wrestling. <laughs> I think it was Hayes Theatre Company. Oh, the Hayes is an amazing theatre. I used to review there all the time when I was living in Sydney. Yeah, they're in in I think it was in March or May 2020, and they're they're doing a uh, Dubbo Championship Wrestling. It's written by some some guys from Sydney, and uh, it's a it's a musical based in a fictional Australian wrestling world. Oh, I am totally going to see that. I'm, I'm in Sydney yeah. all the time because my whole family lives in Wollongong. So uh, I'm t- I'm going to time. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, I need to fly up there for this. I have to. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that sounds dope. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> I'm also so available uh, to write the book for musicals, just putting that out there. Not that you can't <laughs> do right. that, but I could write the lyrics. 
Amazing. Amazing. All right. So where can people find you if they want to get you to write their book for their musical of pro wrestling or anything else online? Where can people <laughs> find your work? Uh, so I'm extremely easily Googleable. I've got a website, which is jodiemcallister.com.au, mostly about my books, but you can find other stuff there. Probably the best place where the social media I'm most active on is Twitter, which is Jody J-O-D-I-M-C-A. But I'm also on Instagram. Uh, I've got a Facebook page, like an author page. I'm about. I'm findable. I yeah. Yeah. I'm not a hidden secret person. Uh, you may Just have noticed. Type in the name. Yeah. My love yeah. for wrestling is extremely public. Hence my <laughs> strange little cult following that I've got for knowing nothing about it. Yeah, well, it's been very entertaining to watch, and it's been an amazing chat. Thank you so much for coming on the show, oh, my and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk again soon. Oh, look, it is wild to me that people want to talk to me about wrestling because so much of my life revolves around being an expert at something, and <laughs> this is something I'm aggressively not an expert in. So the fact that people want my opinions on it is just delightful. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. So there you have it, Jodie McAllister, ladies and gentlemen. Her Twitter is hilarious. Uh, when when she's at the wrestling shows, her Twitter is hilarious. It's informative, and you know she's asking lots of questions. It's a lot of fun to engage with Jodie on Twitter and uh, check out her work. Check out the things she does. Support other people that are in our little wrestling family as this little wrestling family grows. Uh, you know, we're very happy to have Jodie on board and welcome, welcome to wrestling fandom, Jodie. Now, if you like that and you like other Aussie Grappler and Grappler adjacent person interviews, make sure you check out on the turnbuckle this week, Jessica Troy, who is, of course, competing in the MCW9 Women's Championship Tournament. Uh, she is on the turnbuckle this week. She's also heading into Coliseum next week. I'm flying up to Sydney. I'm going to see Jessica Troy take part in the Coliseum. Uh, she's my pick to win it. I say that about everyone. <laughs> I, say, I literally, I've had about eight picks to win it. There's eight competitors. Anyway, uh, it's... It's going to be an amazing tournament. Jessica Troy on the turnbuckle this week. Also, Wrestle Radio Australia sat down and, and caught up with Big Brody Marshall. I think it was a part one of two. I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet. Life has been crazy lately. There's a lot of wrestling to consume. And there's a lot of wrestling to consume this weekend all across Australia. If you are in Perth tonight, Friday night, EPW Showcase 7, top of the class at the EPW School of Pro Wrestling. As always, head to the Facebook if you want more information about any of these shows in sydney we got wrestling go tonight presenting somebody once told me it was really hard not to sing that because it's you know the, Sh the shrek song all star all that stuff somebody once told me that's at the marion community center iwa are in gunnada tonight and in tamworth on saturday for the wrestle revolution 3 tour and on sunday future wrestling australia present their civil war halloween special at dural country club that one's also streaming live on youtube love all the live streaming aussie wrestling no excuse not to watch it wherever you are in the country. Future Wrestling Australia on Sunday. Head to the YouTube to check that one out. Or if you're in the area, head out to Dural Country Club. In my hometown tonight, RCW are back at HQ for Rocktoberfest. And uh, Alpha Pro Wrestling in Melbourne, they're doing all or nothing. They're returning with all or nothing at the Glenroy Bowls Club tomorrow night, Saturday night. But of course, the big one, Friday and Saturday night at the Thornberry Theatre in Melbourne. Two nights, incredible action. Uh, huge women's championship tournament, big flying guest Hartley Jackson making his return to indie wrestling. Uh, you've got Will Ospreay is going to be there teaming with Kyle Fletcher, of course, because Mark Davis couldn't do it. So uh, he, he was injured, so he's, he's not able to. We can't get Aussie open, but we've got Will Ospreay with Kyle Fletcher. 
big, big guests on that show. It's going to be an amazing show. Definitely get out and check it out. Support the boys and girls who do the thing we love. That is Australian professional wrestling. Cheer the good guys. Boo the bad guys. You know what to do. It's all about supporting Aussie wrestlers. And if you want to support us and what we do here at the B Plus, you can do that at patreon.com slash the B Plus Wrestling. Uh, no, at patreon.com slash the B Plus. You can find me on Twitter and Station Head, where I spin wrestling related tunes and talk wrestling throughout the week at various times. At Greg Unchained on those places, at the Greg Unchained on Instagram. Collectively, we are the B Plus Wrestle on Twitter because wrestling wouldn't fit the B Plus Wrestling everywhere else. Like, share, subscribe, five star review if you like what we do. And thank you so much for listening. Oh,